welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Tuesday the 13th of June with me, Bernadette Anderko. On the show today, we'll get an update on what's going on in the crypto asset space from our research analysts. But first, in a week when we're expecting a lot of announcements from multiple central banks and quite some amount of data, I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Rauber to review what's been moving markets since our last podcast. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bernadette. So, Mike, I see the U.S. equity market had a good day yesterday with the S&P 500 closing above 4,325, which um, is its intraday high from last August. And I guess a key level for technical analysts. Yes, indeed. It closed above that important uh, technical level. And Apple also, it ended the day at its first record high in more than a year. The artificial intelligence theme continues to drive markets, so also yesterday, but looking across small and large cap U.S. equities indices, gains were broad-based, in fact. Um, one underperformer, oil stocks, as oil fell 4%. But then again, lower energy prices can be a counterweight to the higher borrowing costs for consumers. The volatility index, VIX, it uh, rose yesterday, even as uh, stocks also gained. So it's just above 15 points uh, as of its close yesterday. Um, our technical analyst just noted that yesterday's moving market podcast that such low levels tend to pertain uh, gains in the year ahead. Okay, but today the US inflation report is going to be in focus and another drop in US inflation is expected, right? Yes, absolutely. So the numbers are that expectations are for prices to have risen 4.1% over the last 12 months, down from 4.9% previously, so quite a drop. And actually, a survey of U.S. consumer expectations already released yesterday fell to its lowest in two years. So all of this is setting the stage for the Fed to not raise rates at its meeting tomorrow. Any move to the contrary would come as a surprise to the market. Okay, clear news there. And uh, you just mentioned the Fed. But in fact, China's central bank has uh, surprised everyone this morning by lowering its short-term policy rate. So even more than expected central bank action this week. Yes, one can say so indeed. China's central bank lowered the seven-day repurchase rate by 10 basis points to 1.9%. It was the first reduction in that rate since August 2022. So it seems that officials there are increasingly concerned about faltering growth. And speculation in the market now is that this is only the first move in stepping up stimulus to boost the recovery. Now, this will be what investors will want to see as they assess China's growth prospects. In market action, the offshore yuan weakened on the interest rate announcement, approaching the closely watched 7.2 per US dollar. And China stocks, uh, they're only slightly up on the news. But Hong Kong's tech index, it's outperforming with a gain of 2%. So we can see really broad strengths in technology shares across the globe. Yeah, and I see that Japan's continuing to uh, attract interest with Japanese equities at their highest levels since uh, 1990. I think the Nikkei 225 has advanced about 2%. Have you got anything to add there? Yeah, a little less than 2% when I last looked. But yes, and just taking it on a year-to-day basis and taking the weakness in the Japanese yen into consideration, the Nikkei is still up 18% in US dollar terms this year. So it is only being outperformed by the Nasdaq among major equity indices. Today, a SoftBank, an investor in British chip designer Arm, is up 5% on reports that it is in talks with potential strategic investors, including Intel, for an IPO later this year in New York. 
And already yesterday, the shares of Japanese trading companies that Warren Buffett had invested in climbed to record highs after analysts at the firm Jefferies raised their price targets by more than 40%. So plenty of company-specific drivers for Japanese equities, it seems, ahead of Friday's Bank of Japan meeting. Okay, and uh, what do we expect uh, for today in markets, Mike? Actually, uh, UK unemployment figures, they were already released and they showed a drop in the unemployment rate to 3.8%, below the expected 4%, and also a higher than expected rise in average weekly earnings. The pound took it positive and rose sharply against the US dollar right after the data release. So with all the central bank and economic data releases, it will be telling to see how currencies will move in response this week. Uh, later today, we also expect Germany's uh, ZEW survey expectations of economic growth, which is closely watched uh, ahead of Thursday's ECB interest rate decision. And later in the US, the small business optimism index will be released. The impact of tighter credit conditions on small businesses is there in focus. But that's all from me and back to you, Bernadette. Thanks very much for that uh, update, Mike. It seems there's still a lot to be watching out for. Now, I promise you a crypto asset update, and Manuel Villiers from our Next Generation Research Team is just the man to give it to us. Uh, good morning, Manuel. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, we had Lucia on the show yesterday telling us that uh, four out of the 10 most valuable coins fell in value by at least 15% in the past days. What are the reasons behind these major altcoins retracing so heavily over the weekend? Absolutely. And let me give you some background on it. You know, shortly after the U.S. House of Financial Services emitted the newest draft bill last week, the SEC was very quick to react and handed out lawsuits against Binance Point US and Coinbase. The main allegation that these platforms were running on licensed securities exchanges. And let me connect the dots. So the fear of further lawsuits ended up taking over. And even though Binance Point US and Coinbase are likely to take the cases to court, Robinhood and other retail trading platforms that enable crypto trading quickly dropped support for most of the assets labeled as securities by the SEC, the securities watchdog. And the assets labeled as securities were altcoins, and the most affected ones over the weekend were Polygonsmatic, Solanas Sol, and Cardanos Ada, with corrections not only higher than 10%, but far above 20%. And on the other hand, you had Bitcoin and Ether that remained relatively sideways, trading range bound. And Ripple's XRP was the only of the largest cryptos that saw a price increase over these past few days. And the reason is that Bitcoin, Ether, and Ripple and payment stablecoins seem to fulfill the criteria as to be labeled as commodities and thereby fall under the jurisdiction of the Commodities Future Trade Commission which has a more comprehensive and lenient framework than the SEC. So what does this uh, commodities versus securities uh, debate entail? Yes. So there is a lot of confusion between the, the watchdogs, as we've been saying for the past couple of weeks. The SEC considers most cryptos as investment contracts and thereby as securities. They use the, a test called the Howey test that is almost 100 years old. Even though the CFTC, the Commodities Future Trade Commission, labeled Ether, Bitcoin, and, and most of the cryptos as commodities back in 2018, and then again in 2021. So it's, it's a very confusing landscape. Then you have the 
organization that has oversight over these two organizations, which is the, the House of Financial Services, and they want to define a framework. So it's very confusing at the moment. Uh, hopefully it will get more clear sometime soon, but the differentiation is officially not there for the assets. The only thing is that if a crypto is labeled as a commodity, it will have a more flexible framework behind it. Also, the problem at the end, the biggest concern investors have is that exchanges would not be able to operate the securities trading, right? So essentially, they are delisting these that are seen as securities, and the market depth is quite compromised for most of these tokens. So what can investors expect going forwards then, Manuel? So investors should expect confusion. Volatility as liquidity is nowhere to be seen in exchanges. And I mean, as I said before, confusion is widespread. Top-down conditions will likely drive the markets for the upcoming weeks. Okay, thank you very much for the update there, Manuel. That concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Please tune in again tomorrow when I'll be back to talk to our guests about more of what's moving markets, including the fixed income market ahead of central bank decisions. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.